great leaders can encourage us to reach new heights and achieve more than we ever thought possible. But what makes a great leader? And why pursue a leadership role in the first place? Welcome to the VMUG Inspirational Leadership Podcast, where we share the stories of leaders at all levels who desire to inspire those under their care. Hi, I'm Michael Fleischer, and I'm a Senior Staff Solution Engineer with VMware. And I'm Nick Cordy, and I'm a Staff Solution Engineer at VMware. Today, we have with us Aaron O'Quinn. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. All right. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? It's been a long and winding road to get to where I am. So I am currently the uh, Senior Manager for Customer Advocacy at VMware for the Americas. I lead the Americas team for that. I had no intent of running customer advocacy. If you asked me what I was doing when I was in college, I thought I was going to handle merchandising for Star Wars. That was my dream job. However, through that, as I was going, uh, I got into event marketing. I got into tech for event marketing. I moved around. I realized that in learning how to handle event marketing, I also had to learn how to pitch every product that our company sold. So I got a little bit more into the product side and handle the logistics simultaneously. I learned how to deal with every personality under the sun because you just have to if you're going to be in event marketing space. And then from there, uh, my goal in life became how much can I learn because I'm around a lot of people who are smarter than I am. So I kind of went through these different phases at different organizations. I actually came to VMware about nine years ago and I started in the product marketing team, but for the cloud management group. And uh, the minute I joined, they actually asked me, so what do you know about customer references? And I said, absolutely nothing. But that became my next priority. It was about learning and understanding what they did with our products and how that worked for them. And as I got more involved in that, I became more excited about what the customers did with our products than what our products did themselves initially and moved from that point into the customer reference team, uh, working very closely with the different business groups to understand how the products worked and why that should matter to our customers. And then from there, got into more of the storytelling. It allowed me to connect my background with events with VMworld and uh, bring that all together so that we can find different people who could tell those stories on stage. And that's where I am today. It sounds like the force was with you, Aaron. Oh, yes, absolutely. If you didn't throw out a Star Wars joke there, there Nick, I would have jumped in twice. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We had to. We had to. It was important. Well, Aaron, part of our format is we always like to start off with three rapid fire questions. So the first one, what would you say the difference is between a manager and a leader? A manager, I would say, is somebody who has to focus on the people. A good manager, at least, should be focused on how those people are working and what they need to do to succeed. A leader is not just looking at what those people need to succeed, but also finding a path for them to do so. So it's actually changing what that person does from about those individuals to what that organization is going to do and give them a place to move into so they can be seen as an organization that is delivering success. Oh, I like that. Connecting people's purpose with the purpose of the organization. Yes. Improving the value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In addition to what you just stated about what leaders do, what other qualities do you feel like a great leader should possess? I think they need to be ready to listen. I think that's one of the most important things, um, not just to what the leadership above them might say, but also what the people below them 
in the organization or their peers are talking about. So they're really understanding the full context of what's going on in a situation. I think that somebody who has that ability to listen to also synthesize the information. So it's not just under hearing it, but understanding what that can mean to a business and an organization and connecting it to those dots. So if somebody says, we have a big mission to do X, what is what this team does? How is that relevant? And how do you increase the relevance of that? So therefore, they're going to be able to make that work more effectively. I think that's a really important piece of what needs to happen for that leader. Um, and also being willing to stick your neck out there and stand up for those moments as well. So if there's something that's going on, if there's good work that's being done, or if there's a problem that people may not be willing to face, being able to stand up and say that this, you know, be a little bit of a chicken little and uh, say, this is what's going on. Something needs to be done to address it. Because if you just ride with those situations, you may find yourself falling into a trap of being stuck behind something you actually that you could have completely controlled, but that you just let it coast for too long. So being okay with being seen as being knowledgeable and having a solution for those situations. I love that you called out the the listening. Every good leader I've had does a very good job of listening and not just reacting immediately. Yep. I, as an engineer, I sometimes tend to react and be like, I can fix this. Let's fix it now. Uh, but it really comes down to let's listen first and then take the data, understand the data and figure out what to do next. So I love that you called that out. Absolutely. And in the roles that I've had, I am rarely the person who knows the most in the room. I am okay with that. And I think they've put me into more of a leadership position because I'm willing to secede the fact that I don't know everything and somebody else who is smarter than me may have a great approach and it's figuring out of those approaches that are being offered, which ones make the most sense for the bigger situation. That's awesome. So right along those lines, what advice do you have for others looking to pursue leadership or determine that if it's right for them? I think it's partially their own comfort, making sure that they understand what type of leader they want to be. I think there's a lot of different ways people can lead. People don't always need to be the loudest voice in the room or the one who talks the most. I apologize for those who know me. Sometimes I am that person who talks the most, but I think a lot of times it can be the quiet leader who sort of does a lot of that listening and then comes up with a way to connect those pieces. So understanding where you fit, understanding where your strengths are, and where your weaknesses are and working with those and in a way that'll be practical. If it's something where you realize it's a major weakness, where you're not comfortable putting yourself forward in any way, shape or form, it, I think those folks need to practice a little bit more being comfortable, being in those conversations, um, not necessarily speaking first or speaking most, but speaking up when needed in guiding processes, because I think that can be a big way to lead especially in teams where they may be more distributed or there may be a lot of voices that are trying to chime in simultaneously. It's listening and finding the right home for what you need to say. It's also understanding what type of power you have to help influence others. Some people are great influencers by how they articulate things up front and in a big way. Others are great at having the one-on-one -on -one conversation to make the change behind the scenes. And maybe that's the type of leader you are. Um, if that's the case, don't think that that's a lesser thing, but understand that that's what your strength is and that's a different way to do it. 
I like what you're speaking to there, a little bit of leadership outside of the people leader title. Mm -hmm. I've only been a people leader for a fairly short time in my career, and I still feel like a lot of people will look to me for suggestion and advice, whether it's warranted or not. That's another story. But sometimes it's guiding people through a process. Sometimes it's guiding people to success that I can see, or I've seen others have a path. So it's articulating and sharing what that other visibility that I have um, with others so they can be successful. And sometimes you lead from behind and that works. What made the people leadership role title the right one for you? Like why take that on? Great question. I've been an individual contributor for a long time, but I've always been more excited about people succeeding than I am about a process succeeding or hitting a dollar amount or things like that. That is not where my passion is. Um, and it's actually one of the reasons I do what I do. So at the 2019 VMworld event, I actually did a session on um, how to establish your own brand and how to sort of make your mark as an individual so that you can find a path to success for yourself. And what I actually did there was I talked to a bunch of different folks who I knew were maybe at a senior manager or director level and asked them, how did you get to where you are? Talked to several customers in different parts of the um, IT industry because they've made the path themselves and listened to what they did to get there. For me, it was understanding how people succeeded and how to get them there. And I got so excited about that idea myself that I realized, yeah, no, I really do want to be a people leader because I think that my interest and my passion to watch other people have a chance to succeed is always been a primary source of happiness for me. I joked when I created that session that my actual goal in life is to be a matchmaker. It's, you know, it works in certain ways for other people that I know who are married. I've actually, I'm responsible for three weddings myself, not even including my own, but along with that, for me, finding a place where somebody else could tell their story was really a big passion for me. That's why I like what I do as a customer advocacy leader right now. When it comes to others, it's in an organization, I think having somebody else find a way to tell their story, get seen and do more with the skill sets that they have is something I can be very passionate about. And it's something that I want to help others do. So if I'm going to be a people manager and a people leader, I want to make sure that I'm in a position to actually help others succeed. I bet that you're really good at hiring based on that matchmaker situation. I'm decent at hiring. I did a solid chunk of it this year um, with everything going on at the great resignation. I did have a great opportunity to bring several people into the team, and I'm really happy with how everybody's working out. Perfect. That was totally a joke, but I'm glad you had a follow up. to it. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. <laughs> Throw the joke out. Bring it. I'm good. All righty. So based on your role, it sounds like you do a lot of collaboration with a lot of people throughout the VMware org. Um, Absolutely. Or orgs. So when collaborating with different teams, how do you get someone who does not report to you to prioritize what you want them to do? Well, um, the team that I'm coming from is customer advocacy. We have the wonderful benefit of, with VMware's idea around customers first, the customer always gets to lead that. So if we're doing something, it's usually with the goal of having our customers being more successful. It's a need that they have. So it is very easy for me to go to somebody and say, this is necessary because it is for our customers and we want to have the best experience for them. Um, it definitely makes it a much easier conversation and knocks down a lot of 
walls that we may have. So there may be processes, there may be other pieces that are there, but when we know that it's with the best intent for our customer base, we want to make sure that they have that opportunity to be successful. So it, it really makes it a much more simple process or solution for me. When it comes to multiple situations, it's a lot of times understanding what the actual need is of the person. Many times somebody would say, you know, it's about this, but it's, but when you're listening to what they actually need, they may be saying, I need somebody to do X and therefore we must have this person. I will sit down and say, what are the characteristics of the person that you need? So it's understanding, maybe it's really about story. Maybe it's about the scale of what, what they're looking for. Maybe it's about what industry that company needs to be in. And oftentimes I can find a second solution that actually fulfills the same exact need. And they only knew about one solution that existed, but there are others out there. There's oftentimes other solutions. And as long as we can get a good consensus on what the criteria are. And sometimes it's having that person understand that their criteria is actually broader than what they thought the solution must be. You will usually be able to come to a good answer for everybody. That was perfect. There's, you know, there's always multiple ways to do something there. You know, there's the old skin the cat phrase. I'm not going to throw oh, that yes. out, but there's, there's a million ways to do something. And I, I agree The the more you talk and work with people that to come up with what the right path is, things always seem to go the right way as long as you collaborate effectively, right? Absolutely. And I'm all in for having a lot of conversations to get to the right point. Because sometimes if it takes a little more convincing, it, you get to a really good solution. Or sometimes somebody else convinces me and I flip and we work a different way. So I don't have to be the person who's right. I'm happy to be proven wrong many, many times. Um, but you got to prove me wrong in many of the cases. There you go. <laughs> Scope creep is okay, but it better be for a good reason. Exactly. As long as we know why, then, and we justify the why, then it's usually for the right things. Pivoting now to creating events. So I myself, I was a VMUG leader for five years in Philadelphia prior to joining VMware. And now I lead something internally here called CTEX, which stands for Customer Technical Exchange, which brings product managers and customers together under NDA to discuss roadmaps and such. So I'm used to leading events, maybe 25 to up to 250 people or around there. What Got does it. it take to put on VMware Explorer or something to, to that scale? So again, I, I know the small scale. What, what does it take to get a It big takes event a village. Launched? I have been in the event industry on and off for over 20 years, which when I say it out loud, that sounds crazy, but it's totally true. Um, and I have dealt with events from you know, like a 10 person event up to the scale of VMworld and VMware Explorer. And I'm not saying that I run VMware Explorer either. I am a small piece of that. Within that universe, I focus on helping find customer speakers for sessions, be they the breakout sessions, solution keynotes, or for the general session pieces as well. And just, it's all about where can we get our customer's voice seen and heard in as many ways as possible so that people understand that it's not about our products, it's about what the products can do for others that really matters at the end of the day. So, and that is a very different perspective that I had because I used to be in the um, logistics side. I was, you know, how do I set up this trade show? How do we handle the sponsorship dollars? Uh, at different companies, not at VMware actually. But with that, 
it's a lot of keeping a lot of balls in the air, understanding who can catch said balls. So if you're going to be working on something and you're trying to find a customer for a specific spot before I go out trying to find the right body for that. I also need to know what that process needs to be when I find that person and make sure that whoever it is understands that that is their responsibility. So if I'm going to find you the right person who has a great story that you don't spend the next week afterwards fumbling, trying to understand what they're going to do with that. They need to know, have their ducks lined up so that the minute that person is ready, they're going to be running with it. It's also understanding that when I go out to a customer to ask for them to participate in something that I'm not going to go out until I know what that ask is. So I'm not going to be told by somebody, oh, we have, you know, uh, two sessions on this product and we don't know what we're going to say. We don't know how they're involved, but we need customers for it. I will not ask a customer to participate in something until I can have a meaningful and concise request so that they understand what what we're asking of them, how much time we're asking of them, what type of expertise they're expected to know, how much prep will help them with. So that way every ask is contained and logical. I will also try to simplify things for a team that I'm working with. So if I know that one customer has four or five people who are thrilled to wanna do something at an event, It's understanding not just in a perfect world, doesn't always happen, but in a perfect world, this is what we know of your account. And we know that these four people have all said that they wanted to do something. And here's what the ask for each of them. And we're putting it all to you now. So that way we can get everything in one bundle. Therefore, it simplifies that for every person who's involved in that. And then we know how to catch all the parts at the same time. The more often we can bundle those pieces, the happier the customers tend to be, the happier the account teams tend to be. So they're more willing to work with us if something else should arise. And it makes it a much more pleasant experience for everybody involved. I'm sure there's some internal folks that I drive crazy with that, but the results tend to be pretty positive in the end. So they usually forgive me afterwards. In the manufacturing world, we would call this giving someone full kit. All the things they need to build the parts Yep. in one shot so they don't have to wait for anything else. I, I like the idea of making it extremely clear and letting people know, here's what you need to expect if you say yes to this thing. Mm-hmm. Usually we have the conversations back and forth. And the first couple of times I made asks, it took about six emails and a week and a half before we came to a conclusion. So I stopped doing allowing for that and just said, you need to tell me these five things before I even make the ask the first time. And while it annoyed people at first, they also got a much faster response and were ready to go much quicker. So they started to see the value of it. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I think this actually, though, may not be obvious, but I do think this is related to mentorship in a way, because when you get someone to mentor you, you need to be clear on what it is you want from that person and what that person expects from you, what you expect from them out of the Absolutely. It's helping set the relationship right up front. And also understanding for a lot of folks uh, that I work with, that when we're asking something, we I want to demonstrate to that individual and that organization what's in it for them every time. So if we're making an ask to somebody to do something, 
a lot of times, uh, especially when you're talking about the VMUGs, when you're talking about other organizations, they're excited about what they're doing and they want to share. So sometimes it's, we're giving you a, a, a soapbox, go stand on it. This is awesome for you because you want to do that. But also for those who maybe it's, they have to convince their manager or they need to convince somebody else in their organization, why should they care? A lot of times it's telling people, well, in doing this, it's a great opportunity to be seen in these greater organizations of this company is doing something that's forward leaning. This company is doing something that is shows that they're following with standards that are moving in the right direction. Therefore, it's a recruiting tool. You know that the people who are working at that organization will continue to be excited about what they're doing because you're making their job easier or more straightforward or simpler or breaking down a barrier that will be less painful for them to deal with. So therefore, it'll help with retention. When I can position things like that to our customers, it allows them to understand that not only are they doing something for us, but their organization and they are getting something out of it. So there's a certain level of pride that they also can get from that, that they might not have seen beforehand. And that is actually the, the thing that makes me happier than anything else. When they realize, oh, you mean all the stuff that I just do on a daily basis actually matters to somebody that, and then they get excited about what they do on a daily basis. That makes me happier than 80% of my job. Because if I can make somebody else excited about why they do what they do on a daily basis, I have helped validate somebody else's universe. And I'm all in for that as often as possible. Yeah, it actually sounds like what you do for customers isn't that different from what you are doing with your team. You help the customer learn how to tell their story and realize that they have something to share. And then the great leader helps their team member do the same thing. Exactly. So it's letting people know that what they're doing and how they're doing things is very valid. It lets them know that, you know, there's, or giving them guidance on things. When somebody starts on the team for, with me, I will sit on calls with them, with our customers. At first, it's because they've never done it in this organization, so they may not have the product knowledge. After that, I try to do this intermittently, even with the people who've been here for a while, because they may have asked a question a certain way. And I might be able to take a note on it and then know how to improve it for somebody else. Or, and I'll let them know like, hey, this, the way that you approach that, this is really smart, just so you're aware. Because I want to make sure people feel like on top of, you know, what they're doing on a day, day to day, that they're also contributing back to something bigger than themselves. Along with that, I love being able to be on those calls and do a little bit of a debrief afterwards where we can have a great conversation with the customer and somebody will ask me, why did you say that? Or how did you know to ask the next question? And for me, it's really using that listening and saying, well, I was listening to how they talked about something. They got really fast and excited when they were talking about X technology. I'll be honest, I didn't understand everything they said about X technology. But if I can get them to keep on going that way, it will loop around to where they're connecting it to something that's going to matter. And when they hit that point, and you can highlight that back to them, they now know that that piece that they're excited about has a value to others about this. They're going to be excited to tell that story to somebody else. Let's have them share it. And that's why I went through this weird loop to get to that point. And the more conversations I can have in that mentorship approach with others, the more effective they're going to be at their jobs and the more they're going to have the confidence to just excel and rock when they talk to their customers. And that's what I'm in for. 
That was <clears throat> incredibly inspirational, Aaron. So I, I am totally guilty of it. I am the fastest talker in the world. I'm consciously slowing myself down here because I get excited and I talk quickly and mm-hmm. I, I, I hear it, the, that the, the passion and the energy is palpable when somebody starts speeding up <laughs> as their cadence speeds oh, up. You're yeah. like, okay, good. They're clearly passionate about this and let's gravitate towards that. Last question here for you. We've heard that you really can't learn about leadership until you're in the seat. What are some of the unknowns that you can share? I think one of the things I was surprised by were how many different players oftentimes are involved in a decision-making process. When you are not required to make the call, it's easy to be the, you know, armchair quarterback, backseat driver, whatever metaphor you want to use for that moment. But when you actually see the different pieces that are in play sometimes for why decisions are made, it can become a little bit more daunting. So it's one of those things, you know, walk a mile in another person's shoes to understand how they are. It's the same thing for leadership going upwards too. While you need to understand what's going on around and below, air quotes around that, below where you are, it's also understanding all the the moving pieces and the pressures that might be there in that decision-making process for those leaders as well. Some of that surprised me. And also understanding how many different uh, voices how many different voices you needed to listen to, but also why those voices are coming in and having the say they do at certain points in time. There's oftentimes more logic behind it than you would expect uh, for some of the decisions that seem trivial. And I think that was one of the things that surprised me. But as I'm learning more about that, I'm getting a, a better grasp on that. And I'm also understanding what I can say and influence upwards as well to change how that is perceived and how to smooth the edges that I thought might be a lot more severe. So at first you say, oh, it's coming down from, you know, on high, but actually if you say X to into the situation, they will understand what that means and it'll smooth out the curve so that you can actually have a logical path to that success point. I think that was one of the biggest surprises I had, but one that how it was made, but also that that you do have that impact. And once you get into a point where people understand where you're coming from and respect that point of view, that you do have more influence from wherever you stand than you probably anticipate you do. Wow, that's very insightful. Well, listen, Aaron, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been a great conversation. I truly appreciate being asked. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for joining us on the Inspirational Leadership Podcast brought to you by VMUG. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to nominate a leader to be on the show, please tweet out to at myVMUG. Until next time, may you not be afraid to take the lead.